I am unashamed. What about you? All right, so I took a trip this past weekend to Delaware. Delaware? I have... Home, home of Joe Biden. Yeah, my my assistant, which is Missy's aunt, she has pins everywhere I've been, you know, the last few years. And we've got it narrowed down to there was only five states where I have not done an event, which is pretty incredible. I'm down to about five. Yeah. Well, one of them. Delaware's I, one of mine. That well, I, I crossed been. off the list. I've let, never met a person from Delaware, and nev- I've never been to Delaware. What yeah. do they look like? Do they look normal? Well, look, you're going to be surprised. Because when you think Delaware, what's the first thing that pops in your head? Sleepy Joe Biden. Bastion that, that, of left-wing thinking, whatever. That's it. I thought, okay, it's a bleach date. I was thinking maybe I should have, you know, I'm friends with a few Don't natives. tell me there's rednecks in Delaware. Sophisticated rednecks. <laughs> Sophisticated rednecks. That's what they are. They're, I go to this event. It was a... I guess a fundraiser for the Christian school there. And it was called Del Marva because they recruit, you know, kids from Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia. Del Marva. You get it? Okay, maybe not. <laughs> that's that's the, that's the sophisticated Marva. That's why I said the, they're sophisticated. Because <laughs> I, I was trying to pronounce it, you know, finally Bonnie's like, it's the – you know, it's Just Delaware. Three, three I was like, oh, Delmarva. I got it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you had it all like different, you know, ways to pronounce it and all that. But here's what got me. You know, I'm looking at the Chesapeake Bay. We're going because it's hard to get to Delaware. You know, I flew into Baltimore, Maryland, and then we got in the car and drove three hours. You know, I get up on this bridge and look at the Chesapeake Bay and I'm like, wow. I mean, you're talking about a sight. And so after we crossed that, I mean, I'm started. I'm seeing cornfields, I'm seeing feedlots, and every one of them was slammed full of ducks and geese. Whoa! I'm like, I, I've run up on something here. I pull up to the school, and it's packed. And now everybody were they were well dressed. This was like a fancy affair. They all got, of course, I you know. Holes in my shoes, camouflage. You know, I looked around. You're just looking like you look. Yeah. And so they did a little VIP line. And so I'm meeting these people. And it, I realized real quick, because I I would, you know, I said, I've never been to Delaware. The only thing I knew about was Joe Biden. And they'd all roll their eyes. (laughs) So one of them said, well, I'll tell you what. Because I said, what are you into? This was about the third guy in line. I said, what are you into up here? And he said, well, he said, me and my family, we love Jesus. He said, I hunt ducks and I eat lima beans. <laughs> My kind of man. I said, really? I said, well, I mean, what? the lima beans well, are included in the in the description. When that's he what said I'm that, like. I thought, that's weird. But I didn't want to. <laughs> it was so weird. I was like, I do like lima beans. Man. <laughs> but and that's I, not really part of your, your tagline existence. Yeah, I, I wasn't getting it. So I was like, well, what are these ducks? Where do you hunt? And he's like, I hunt lima bean fields. I said, Oh, oh, the ducks are coming in on the lima bean. Everybody's it's eating all, lima bean. That's the uh, see, that's said, sophisticated. We kill a limited ducks and then we go back home and eat lima beans. Mm. I said, you know what? There's something about that that's exciting to me. Good it's appealing. Plan. Great yeah. plan. So I got up and I spoke. I'd say there was several hundred people and uh, you know, did my thing. But the the first thing I said is I said, I look, I don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable, but I think several of you overdressed. <laughs> Because I know they were thinking, look, this guy <laughs> looks homeless. But uh, I think we bonded. I mean, I, I told Missy I could live there. Next thing I know, you know, she's Googling places. I was like, well, I mean, maybe let's just visit. But uh, I, I, ha- I, gave, I gave Delaware high marks. So that just shows you we shouldn't stereotype these states just that's, because. Because that's, that's what they said. They said the bigger, bigger cities up. Up north in North Delaware, that's who's the who's what's like know, that in every state. And they got yeah. Al, Al, we have godly people across these United States. That's right. We tend to think broad brush it by saying the whole thing's going to hell. Well, right. But but when you like Jay's goes out there, and I've traveled. I was in Texas and then Oklahoma and then back here. I've traveled out every once in a while, not that much anymore. But uh, 
but it, but it has occurred to me when you run up on the godly, it is a breath of fresh air. Oh yeah, yeah, it, it really mean, is. Were, I love. I, I'm not just. I mean, they were they were awesome. The, the people were fantastic. They loved the Lord. They were hunter, hunters and fishermen. I mean, that's why I said I said they. But they they were a little bit more refined. That's right. You know, the East Coast. And every time I said something, they would say, "No, now say that again," because they couldn't. They weren't following. They your... weren't following the <laughs> jargon. They were. Is. They were being introduced to crudeness, <laughs> godliness, but mixed with crudeness. Well, you raised me. So you know, there's a recent Gallup survey that show Americans worry more about burglary than any other crime. Do you realize that, Dad? Never, never crossed my mind. Right. So, <laughs> so if you're if you're living at the end of the road behind a gate, fully armed with some nice loud dogs that where there's no people and there's, there's no I civilization, think that's why I'm not worrying about that. <laughs> that's yeah, right. That's why either. it says most Americans worry. Uh, I would say if you were a burglar in this neck of the woods, you need to worry. That's right. Yeah. So here's what happens in these cities: most, uh, only about ten percent of the time, are burglaries planned. These are crimes of opportunity. Some guy's come along. He's got to go get his, his opioid fix. And so he looks over there and notices that your house seems to be one he can go in and take things. So how that's do, How do they figure that out? How do well, they know that it wasn't planned? Well, I don't know. This It says studies. So uh, yeah. anyway, most break-ins happen between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. in the middle of the day, what? by the way, when people are working. Makes that, that's sense. right. That's right. House empty. You go in. So- We've got our friends at Simply Safe because one of the things that crooks look for, the first thing they look for is there any cameras mm-hmm. yeah. recording what I'm doing. A camera has now almost replaced a gun as really, far as deterrent, deterrent, deterrent to go. Yeah. We exactly have right. that in every direction way before they even get to my house. There's video surveillance. That's right. From well, one I'm even, proud even of for you Phil. for, for stepping right. up in the hey. technology so, world. It's not so, that I don't trust the, the human race, but... <laughs> You don't trust the human race. Mm-hmm. So Simply Safe protects your whole home, every window, every room, every door, 24-7 monitoring. It's a fraction of what most of these people charge. Uh, fast police dispatch if you need that. Um, so check it out, simplysafe.com slash unashamed. Simplysafe.com slash unashamed. You're going to get free shipping, 60-day risk-free trials. You get to try it for 60 days. Yeah, we're down to it. See if you like it, simplysafe.com slash unashamed. Check it out. Protect your home. Yep. Hey. <laughs> but you think about it, though, Dad. So we did the best we could, Jay. The first group that came over here, that's the area they they all landed in, Yeah, you know, right up in that area. So, of course, you're going to have game and hunting and I mean, just all the things that they were drawn to when yeah. they came to the U.S., that's where everything was happening. You know, yeah. we, we yeah. tend to Well, not, they were the first state. Yes. Delaware was the first state. I was like, well, y'all started this whole thing. Yeah. They said, yeah. And I said, now I know where the lima beans came from. Just for that alone, they moved way up on the oh, order right. of states. I that I well, Jason, uh, somebody came, sent me a, uh, a speech that uh, Attorney General William Barr, he spoke at Notre Dame Law School, and he just was calling for a defense of Judeo-Christian values and religious freedom in response to the growing secularism in America. So to prove his point, when a guy like you, follower of Jesus, you go way up north like in Delaware, you don't know what you're fixing to see, and you see Jesus followers there, it's it's gotten to where – that's an aberration. It's it's enclosing on us. They've exchanged God right. with government, and and here we are. And I mean, it just it's just rampant. And we get to thinking, there's no way. Uh, Barr basically talked to him. Uh, he began by discussing the new challenges the United States is facing today. Uh, it's a difficulty, he said, the founding fathers foresaw as the supreme test of a free society. So the central question, according to Bill Barr, and I believe him, uh, it sounds like I wrote this, was whether over the long haul we, the people, can handle freedom. We think somehow 
freedoms built in without godliness. And the founding father said, no, you lose your morality and you lose your virtue. You lose your freedom. That's what Bill Barr was saying to the Notre Dame Law School. And he basically, a lot of people were like, what in the world? To them, it was like earth shattering to hear someone say, we need to get back to God. Right. Put God back in our school. I watched. Yeah, I watched some excerpts. It was really interesting, Dad, because I thought the same thing. Here's here's a very accomplished, polished attorney who happens to be the attorney and look general. At, look at the vitriol directed oh, at him. Goodness. I wonder so why. When when I was hearing him speak, the segments I saw, I thought exactly the same thing. I said, "He sounds like Dad," and it's really interesting because you look at you, Dad, not exactly the polished. Uh, picture of the attorney with the little alligator glasses that is correct and yet that was a very nice way to say that that. nice that's very diplomatic he's let himself go to degrees (laughs) but but when i do not have a legal mind as as bill barr does but al you're right the messaging was exactly the same it was the same in fact i I thought that i thought man well what they forget is romans 13 1 and it says and that's kind of what we're talking about at some point today but Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there's no authority except that which God has established. Yep, this was God's idea. Yeah. So they try to they they try to separate that, like you have you know Christianity over here, and then you have the government over here, and it's like, well, God set the whole thing up. Yep. You know the fact that you can find freedom in this system, you know, spiritually and. Yep. As a at a as a citizen is just awesome. Well, and it's refreshing to me. Like Dad said, I was refreshed that an Attorney General of the United States, who is our chief law enforcement officer, would go and look at it and say, "Look, this is the establishment. This is how it works." Which is what the founders said. Yep. Uh, instead of this other craziness that you see, which yeah, is I'll an re- aberration. I reel back the years. I'm in my seventies now. So now it's been long ago, right at 50 years. I reel back, Al, and I ask myself a question. I, I thought, in my four years to receive my undergraduate work and then went on to receive a master's degree, I looked at that period of time, roughly I went back at night, night school to get my master's. So basically it was about an eight-year run within the educational system in North Louisiana, which it's not a bastion of left-wingers, especially at that time. This was in the 60s. In the 60s, I was being educated within the 60s. But already there, I asked myself a simple question the other day. I said, did I ever hear one sentence dealing with spiritual matters from any professor through eight years of being taught, being taught, it was all man-made stuff. Not one sentence did everyone ever say something about do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Just just one sentence. Right. Uh, love God, love you. One sentence. I strained to remember, and I said, not once. So I had eight years of what it what it means to be educated with a man-made construct without God. Yeah. It was there then. I never realized how that would come back to haunt me. <laughs> Once I left there, you say, it was a long dry spell, and the evil one moved in, yep. and Jesus moved out, and you say, just the, re- the rest is history. So now Bill Barr was talking about the just the, the astronomical suicide rate and course we're, we're killing our own offspring and we it's all a human construct you say no room for god they won't even have his name in their platform right the democratic party so here we are i i tend to if from time to time uh worry maybe that it can't it can't come back well think about it but though. i hold out the hope that maybe we will repent well, you found your way to christ at 28 Yep, and so therefore you knew. But think about all the ones that you're describing from your generation that never found him, <laughs> and so well, yeah. what they're doing now—they stayed with human hollow, deceptive exactly. philosophy. They stayed with that, right? And that's all. Or just this meaningless is about. facts versus character. Right. You know, if you just 
ignore character in human beings addressing that? Well, you'll look up one day and you'll say, well, where's the I had not integrity? one spiritual sentence or word the entire time I was being educated, not once. And you're, and you're right. It was mostly done by people who were religious people in a conservative area. Yeah. What's Here's what's even more ironic. You go back a couple hundred years before you were in college to where the part of the country you were at in Delaware and all those Ivy League schools, Mm. They were teaching, you know, the the all the practical things that you need for education, be able to be a doctor, be a, but they were also teaching the Bible right alongside. I yeah. mean, they were putting out preachers, lawyers, yeah. doctors, but they were yeah. all coming out of Ivy League schools or preaching schools. I yep. mean, that's how they started. Well, they're not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. They they, every that. year, what few Bible verses are left, they've just been taking them down, taking them down, taking them down. <laughs> now they're into any statue that was, was he religious of any kind. He it, removed Rip the statue. Ripping down, remove all Bible verses. It's just, uh, I've seen all that happen since I was in college. And I look back at it and I said, man, had I ever lost my way to resurrect that, Bill Barr was saying, to resurrect that, it's going to take a, uh, without him saying it, basically saying it will take a mass turning on America's part. Well, they got to say, let's try something really unique. Let's introduce, reintroduce God into our school system. They got to recognize that it wasn't the Bible or God that was the problem. It was what people, what they were against was what people did with that. Right. And so, you know, there's the hypocrisy, the, you know, abuse, and we've gone through that, you know, and misusing Christian principles. So, but they're like, well, the problem's this book. It's causing all those wars and mm-hmm. all this conflict. Nope, it's what the humans did, you know, with the book that mm-hmm. that was the problem. Like you, like you say in in your speeches, the the biblical principle is always something that uplifts and makes us better. Oh yeah, love. When you look at this, how can First Corinthians thirteen not do anything except help people be better? Yeah. You well, know, every love time love is patient, love is kind, love is. Good. I feel like God has put me in a situation where. Because everybody's kind of got to find their niche in this thing. If you, you know, end, if you God. ended up in Delaware, Jace, yeah, from your roots, if you ended up in <laughs> Delaware, Jesus is, in is, Delaware, is 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 profound uh, truth that there is a God, or you'd have never ended up in <laughs> Delaware. So we've been talking about, or I've been talking about losing a little bit of my hair. Yeah, so you can see. see right here. Oh, I actually see it. See He's got a bald spot right see there. See that bald spot? And you're older than me, and I don't have a bald spot. See that, Phil? Now, Al, you're my oldest son, and it's, I, I hate to break the news, but I have as much hair as you do. <laughs> well, I don't well, know. Well, he cuts his. I do, I do cut mine and wash it, which, you know, makes two me Two things that probably has led to this. So... Our good friends at Keeps, they want you to keep your hair, which I'm all about. So I'm about to try this product because I, I believe that what these guys are saying can work. Basically, it's a DHT hormone uh, that men lack, uh, and so they lose their hair. Well, I guess women as well, men or women. And so, you know, there's generic versions out there, but it's been so expensive is the problem. You can't do this. So our folks at Keeps... Uh, they got a 90% effective rate, which I'm going to put to the test uh, and see if I can get some of this uh, keep from losing. It's more about keeping from losing what you have. Once you. it's gone, yeah. it's hard to ever get it back. See, that's right. the problem. You can't. You see these guys are bald-headed. They lose it, male pattern baldness. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I pulled Willie's hair one time, just a patch out, and it was two years probably before it came back. We, hmm. were, we were kids. Yeah. But I thought, man. Well, I guess there's more than one way to lose your hair. Uh, yeah. Sometimes hair I'm wondering pulled. if it works for that procedure. <laughs> I don't know. That would be interesting. We'll check with our friends at Keeps. If you go to keeps.com slash door, D-O-O-R, keeps.com slash door, you're going to get 50% off. You get a free online consult. I will be trying this product, so we will know. Yeah. If it helps me hold on to my hair, because I, I hate having this little spot here well, in the middle. this will be so. fun. Put yeah. the old before and after on them. That's yeah. exactly right. See what it looks like. We'll check it yep. out in a month. So keeps.com slash door. Check it out and uh, and hold on to your hair. You know how <laughs> I knew those people were. We were going to be all right. When I blew that duck call, you know, I did the ringer. 
You know, I got that from you. I'm like, <laughs> I blew that ringer. They all went nuts. They were hollering, high-fiving, I thought. He's one of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I asked them, you know, how many of them love Jesus? Went nuts again. You know, I was like, these people are. It is interesting, though, Dad, that you, <clears throat> you're, you could have invented a lot of things in terms of hunting, fishing. Yeah. You know, you're always discovering little things that you would use to help us be more yep. efficient, better. But because it was a duck call, now all these years later, I mean, we don't even, none of us even work for the company much. Jace does a little bit. But what I'm saying is that call still is an initiator to what we're doing now. It sure but is. But the call sure still is, is a, it's a yeah. duck call because it calls dust, but it does pretty good with people too. I mean, they find yeah. it intriguing. But if you think about it, Al, what came it is out ironic. of, we look at the, the duck called, but no one had ever come along to our credit and we came up with jace comes up with a gadwall call that's a brand of duck for you who don't know ducks gadwall is a duck jace come up with how to how to duplicate that so we we put that call out mallard drake call no one had ever heard of that we we built that one wood duck call no one had ever heard of that one we built that one I had a little combo, three ducks at one time on a little whistle, widgeon, pintail, and teal. They're all whistlers. Well, I fixed up a little deal there that it would do all three. So as and far dove as and far quail. as oh, dove you know, quail. You know it's funny. I know. So we, we, look, look. I know. Well, I got my bag. I, look, I I try to carry my wife. So we pioneered a lot of th- different things and my duck calls. But I know Phil knows this, but I don't know if you know this. Al, the, how I came up with the gadwall call. Is that we were working, uh, I think we were working a bunch of pintails. And so I was blowing my call. I was like, <laughs> but I had my pintail whistle like right here because they whistle. So I was like, <laughs> like that. Well, then I hit them at the same time. <laughs> and when that sound hit, I thought that was close to a gadwall. And so then when we got Gadwalls working, I started blowing those two, a whistle and the call at the same time. See, I'm and down on the end of the blind, yeah. and I look around when I hear what sounds like a Gadwall. I want to know how he was doing <laughs> how, that. Yeah. I well, was he, had, blo- <laughs> he had two different duck calls, a whistle in one side of his mouth <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and a crack, crack duck call in the other, and he was blowing them at the same time, and I said, Jace. That sounded like a gadwall. He said, I know it. That's why I'm doing it. I said, if you can call in gadwalls with that call, I said, I'll figure yeah. out a way to make that thing. Well, it wasn't 10 minutes later. It comes with about 30 of them. He starts in on them, and they all just come right in there because of that duck call. Yeah. So we raised up, boom, 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 boom. We shot them, and I said, Jace, I will go back and figure out how to put a whistle and a quacker at the same time. Yep. And we literally built a duck call that whistles mean. and quacks simultaneously. You remember what our tagline was for the call? You remember? I don't remember. Ugly but deadly. Oh, yeah. because, it, because yeah. it's an ugly duck call. It's yeah, ugly it's like, but deadly. Well, we'd go to shows and people Chase, like, now that you're looks a- like a whistle stuck in that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it is. It, it looked like a duck call stopped too short, and the whistle <laughs> ran right into the back end of it. Because a gadwall is an interesting duck. It has a little whistle. In his quack, and they're they're weird that the males do most of the talking. Bing, 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 Very bing, unusual. Bing, 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 bing. When you, you hear him come over, you hear the males. You the Cajuns hear. call them gray ducks, but uh, but he's a fine duck. But we, we learned how to sound like him. But I will have to admit, our, our gadwall killed and picked up when we when we came up with that. Well, I named my book "Good Call" because I feel like, well, I don't feel like it. I, I'm called by God to share Jesus, and we make. Duck calls, you know. Did you have to so, fight for that title, did? Oh yeah, I had to fight for it. You know, you had these publishers, and, you know, and they're like, I mean, I don't mean to bring up any bad memories. The name I of the remember. book, I remember them saying, the name of your book, you know, that I wrote is, I mean, it was, it was like a paragraph. It was like the life and times of reflections by musings of Jace Robertson. I'm like, that's the name we're going with. So I submitted good call. And they said, absolutely not. Not going to happen. You know, so they Googled it, whatever. Well, evidently, some beer company used that in a in a beer commercial or something, you know. So they said, well, we can't use that. I was like, why not? 
You're going to let, because somebody who were, they were drinking beer, who had a good idea. (laughs) You're going to let them use that. I was like, no, I make duck calls. I'm called by God. Call ducks and we're calling men for God. I was like, it's going to be good call. And they're like, absolutely. It took about six months, didn't it? You battling for you. So finally I said, look, no book unless it's named good call. So, ladies and gentlemen, what we have here is people who uh, follow Jesus and hunt ducks. Uh, all these things we're doing in the Old Testament, Al, you can get right on them if you want to, way back over in the judges, you know. But just everybody needs to remember, moving forward, we're at the Jesus is coming stage, way over in the Old Testament. and uh, Which it, is a good reminder. I mean, <clears throat> and, and I think I said that in – I don't know, podcast three. The three sections of the Bible, Jesus is coming to earth because obviously we can't keep the law. We have problems. We need redemption. And Matthew through John is Jesus is here and actually revelation he's coming again. I mean, even though we're hanging out in the Old Testament, Jesus is coming. If you just hung out there, I mean, that this this rated R. Well, that's why, Al, as we go through this, Jesus is coming uh, he, you'll know the truth when he showed up. He said, he he, he told those people that uh, where he was from, Nazareth. He goes in, they unroll a scroll and hand it to him. He was reading Isaiah sixty-one. When Isaiah started with the Spirit of the Lord is on me, He has anointed me to preach a word. And when he got through reading that, release the prisoners, you know, give sight to the blind. Then he said, today. These scriptures are being fulfilled in your, at your hearing. He went back 700 years, told them the one Isaiah was talking about, that be me. And he sits down, and they said, it says the eyes of everyone was fastened on him. They're like, what did he just get through saying? He went back 700 years and said Isaiah the prophet was talking about him, and now he's on the scene. Well, when he went on to say, you'll know the truth, the truth will set you free from Satan, from sin, from guilt, from a law of works like Jason mentioned, set you free from that, and set you free from the grave for crying out loud. Well, you, you, you look back in the Old Testament, and that's where it was all headed, Way back from Genesis 3.15, someone from a woman would crush Satan's head, you know. Well, and that's why it's important. A lot of times people say, well, why do we really need the Old Testament? But you mentioned when you're talking about Bill Barr, you're talking about Judeo-Christian. It's important to understand Jewish history because that's Christian history. Yep. You don't have one without the other. That's right. Jesus was Jewish. And it's just subtle things. You know, I I preached a couple weeks ago, I, uh, I shared this thought that, you know, one of the arguments against God from a biblical viewpoint is, you know, Genesis 1, 3, you know, God said, let there be light. But he didn't create the sun till the fourth day. So the people who oppose God, they're like, well, how'd they have light without the sun? Right. And so I did this deal about God is light. And, you know, when you read Revelation 22, it says we won't need the sun or, right. you know, when we're all together because God is our light. You know, the verse that says God lives in unapproachable light, uh, light or whatever. <clears throat> but it's so weird how they take small things. They, they look at the Bible and they're, they're not looking at the person who wrote it. They're just looking at it as a manuscript that they can try to pick apart and find inconsistencies, especially with, you know, when we come to Joshua and Judges, right. they do the same thing because they're like, well, this is graphic. This, I mean, these things. There's wars going on and people dying. I mean, yeah. how could God sanction all this? And you know, because it just doesn't fit their narrative of everybody holding hands, singing kumbaya, yeah. and it, it, you know. it's God's fault instead of our own. Right, when we, right. When we hate our neighbor and right. we get look, the slaughterhouse. Did you read about in Judges where we are kind of in the text in the Old Testament? That slaughterhouse, you would go back before that, before uh, the flood, you say slaughterhouse, 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 slaughterhouse. Someone says, how come there's so much slaughter going on way back there in the Old Testament? And you all kind of get into all that? Well, fast forward, now it's 2019 years since Jesus got here. And I would say, based on what I've, the wars I've seen yeah. while I'm lived on earth, <laughs> Al, 
it's still a slaughterhouse. What's ironic is this is the same sand that we've been talking about. We slaughter our own children it's for crying out loud. It's the same sand we've been talking about that's in the news these last two weeks about Syria and you know Trump pulled the troops out. Sure. People are unhappy. We were supporting the Kurds. We're not. That's the same sand that we're reading about in this Old Testament. Where there was a lot of war there going was on. a lot of war going on. I mean, uh, it's just, it's, but I believe God. Nothing has changed. But, no. but God set this in motion with the idea that he would become one of us and be slaughtered That's right. for us. Right. You know, we tend to think that all happened before Jesus, but it actually, that was his plan all along because God is not like us where he's up waiting or traveling. So he knew the whole reason that we have a physical body in this spiritual world that we came from, you know, our citizenship is in heaven is so that he could become a human being and be killed so that we could all be saved. He became flesh so that he could die and the, and the murder continues. But in this case, the murder of the son of God, Jesus saves the world. Yeah. And saves all the bad events that we read about in the, talk about a wild story. story. So let me catch, let me catch everybody up. Uh, and by the way, I appreciate everybody. We've been getting a lot of good feedback from you guys that are listening and watching about how much you've enjoyed, you know, sort of the biblical narrative that we've taken on the podcast, and that's what we love doing. Um, we, the last time we talked, sort of our, we kind of following central figures in the Old Testament and sort of telling their stories, but then how it all has kind of woven together, as we talked about this morning. Um, the la- We left off with basically God's people being formed as a nation <clears throat> at the foot of Mount Sinai. And we talked about a lot. There was a lot of fear there. There was a lot of eventually idolatry because which, which you know, would be a shadow of those in Jesus, right? Thousands of years later, becoming I think it's Peter that says the Second Peter, we're the holy nation, right, of God, right. which was the shadow that God, the living, awesome God, could actually live with people in an intimate way. In a in a priests, yeah, priests uh, as a nation, a city. You know, there's different ways. So the rest of the book of Exodus, Deuteronomy is there. Leviticus is basically the setting up of God's nation. Here's your yep. j- what you just said. Here's your priestly responsibilities. Here's here's all, the law. Here's if the you law. have a nation just like ours, yeah. the Hebrew writer said had, it was a pattern of right. what was to come. The reality hadn't yet come yet. So you had your ten majors, kind of like what we would call our Bill of Rights. You know, the ten major things, the law, which mm-hmm. are you know st- still we look at. We've talked quite a bit about it. A lot of great principles, and then there was all these underpinnings of laws, food laws, and all these different things that were laid out. So God had always planned on taking those people and then they were going to live in a place that he had promised Abraham about several hundred years earlier. Remember Abraham was called out. He said, look, in about 400 years, this land's going to be given to your descendants. So we're kind of following that narrative as this is happening. Problem was the people were so faithless and kept wanting to go back under slavery and back to Egypt that God said, okay, one whole generation, you don't you don't get to go. So everybody that came out, that the initial generation, you don't go. So they just stayed out there for 40 years, so that whole group died out. That's hard-headed. It's harsh, but at the same time, it's like you're not going in because you don't have faith. And so that kind of takes the next step to what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, I was reading that last night, you know, when they said it had been 140 years. I forgot where I was exactly, but it was like all the men of the military age, you know, they just died during that that wandering. And so all the kids that had been born, well, none of them had been circumcised. And so he, he made them be circumcised. He had a mass circumcision. And boy, I thought. Boy, I'm glad I wasn't in that camp. You know, <laughs> think about it, Al. Think about it. <laughs> been a no hospital. Yeah. Hey, just get them up here. So uh, we uh, we've had discussions before on our podcast about the internet. Dad being a you know not really an internet guy, although he's been to on put the, it mildly, right? Uh, but Jace, you made some interesting points that you know our, our kids are out here, especially our children. And we, you've been very open about some of the struggles 
uh, with yeah. their own teenage kids. I, just, I got I got teenage grandkids now. It's an immaturity thing. You know, they're not mature to handle it. It's too too much access at an early age. And the problem is, they know more than we do. You know, Jace is a little better studied than me, but I, I'm well because I have a 16 year old daughter. Right, and so my grandkids. All I've ever said is that I don't use those devices. I'm just setting an example to prove you you can function without it. You've right. proven that. A lot of people that. say you, you have, have to have that. it. You say, not. no, you don't have to. That's right. But I would say if you do have it, be careful on how you. So well, yeah. so kids have all these distractions. you got Snapchat, Instagram. Well, you know. Now, the older people are distracted also. That's true. You know, and they're not dealing with the kids. Right. It's a two-way right. So trip. without maturity, you have a problem. So there's yeah. a product. That's here to help, and we're here to tell you about it today. It's called, it's called Circle, uh, and so basically, it manages all your family's on-time access. It prohibits your children from buying apps that you don't want them to buy, which is really, really I like good. it. It, it makes keeps, sense to me. It keeps track across every one of your devices: laptop, phone, tablet, smart TVs. Because now it's even the TV. Uh, video game consoles, that's another one. All right, I'm getting this. Because, <laughs> so, look, I took away an app, and guess what? Another one crops up. That's right. So taking away one app, do you know what an app is, Phil? We'll no. talk later. Appaloosa's uh, cat. <laughs> no, that's that an app. Oh, op, op, app. App. Op, app. O-P versus A-P. <laughs> a lot of people call them Appaloosa. <laughs> That's a catfish, Phil. We're talking catfish. about. Okay. So we're talking about computer applications. That's pretty good, Dad. So Circle, we want you to check it out uh, right now. Since you're our listeners, you can get thirty dollars off this what they call Circle Home Plus, which is the whole package. So you go to Meet Circle. That's all one word. Meet Circle. M e m e e t c i r c l e. MeetCircle.com slash unashamed. And then when you check out, you put in unashamed. That seemed like a lot of information. It's you a lot of information. I'm trying, say that I'm trying to make put it put in what? So you get $30 off when you visit meatcircle.com. Like M-E-E-T? M-E-E-T. Not meat as in yeah. meat you'd eat. Like, meat. Like, like we're going to meet. That's right. yeah. Meatcircle.com slash unashamed and then enter unashamed at your checkout. Saves you 30 bucks, and it also saves your family from seeing things they shouldn't see. Next. Think about it, Al. You got a code <laughs> that's introduced by God, and then the code, uh, worship God and Him only, don't bow down to idols, don't misuse my name, work six days, rest one. Children, obey your father and mother. Don't murder, don't, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, and don't covet. It's the greatest code I've ever witnessed coming out of anything. You say... If the human race just kept the code. Yeah, it'd make a great planet. It would make a great planet. You yeah. say the law never was the problem. We were the problem back then. And when Jesus was on the earth and now that he's come and died for the sins of the world, you're like, we're still here, but the problems are always the same. Sin, the right. evil one. So, And, and also I think <clears throat> just a rehashing of it. Right. People have to get in their mind that God doesn't look as – Look at death as a problem. I mean, some of these stories that we're going to read where people, the whole nation was just a, uh, annihilated. I think about, you know, Joshua and the Amalekites in, in Exodus 17, which I think we're going to talk about yep. that. I mean, God at the end said these people will be, not only are they going to be wiped out, their memory is going to be wiped out. Oh, yeah. So I got on the internet and I Googled, you know, modern day Amalekites. And it was like, there's no history or, you know, any archaeology to show that they ever were here. And I thought, well, God was right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so it's interesting because you'll have somebody that doesn't believe the Bible. Yeah. And says, well, see, you brought up these. No, he said there would be no memory. There would be no memory. So we're but looking back. Here's what I found fascinating, though. In the, I was reading the world encyclopedia even though it was on the internet phil which i know it's hard for you to get a grip on <laughs> but then they said but you know god committed horrible uh genocide and atrocities against this nation i was like well wait a minute what are they talking about here you know and it just it basically made an argument whoever wrote that section of the en encyclopedia on how god got it wrong here this yeah. was just a murderous you know act Vengeful. of an angry god and yeah. that's when it hit me when i read that i thought 
Now, they don't understand that death is not a problem. God can't die. It, he's, he's eternal. So trust me, if there was someone who warranted salvation or life, you know, forever, if they die, he fixed that in 0.01 seconds. That's right. It, it's not something that's a problem. It's just a problem to us. Right. Plus yeah. all these stories, Al. It's a it's a it's a redemption story about the the pretty small remnant yeah. of of individuals, human beings who literally had faith right. in God, beginning with the patriarchs. And you look at it, you say, "Boy, thank God that there were some men there that said no." So I'm, since, so I'm not since, budging. Since Jay's brought it up, <clears throat> Joshua, who is our our next generation after Moses. We talked a lot about Moses. He was like Moses's assistant. Yeah, like a scribe. He was his right hand yeah. man, and he was also because we see him the first time we ever see him is in Exodus seventeen. He was a military man. You know, he was a. Oh, yeah. You know, he he was in charge of the military force, and this is now. Do you say general? Well, it would be, yeah, yeah. That's what we would call him. But you remember, we're going back. They're not even really a people yet. I mean, like they haven't formulated it. This is pre, you know, Mount Sinai. But God told him <laughs> Moses after Moses died, He said, "You're the man." That's I right. think that's in Joshua. Joshua, I mean, he's like, you need to step up, right? Which that whole first chapter of Joshua, it says, you know, be strong and courageous, like five times, right? You know, because he's like, you're going because he yep. knew they were fixed to get in a war. But there's a there's a verse in there. I'll find it. Uh, the 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 key thing was when he said, "Be strong and courageous." He actually said, "I'll be with you, and if you trust me, right. you know nothing's going to happen to you." Which I thought was interesting because it's hard for us to be strong and courageous. Well, remember the to while you're looking for that, the reason Joshua would understand that when it was his time to lead to to be Moses to basically be the man. That it started with him down in a valley fighting the Amalekites that Jace just mentioned. And the way God set it up was that he put Moses up on a, you know, ledge up above him, mm-hmm. up high. And so the people would look up. And so he, he told Moses, put your hands up, you know. And so as long as Moses' hands are up, the people will look up and they'll have the fervor, you know, to be. So he's just saying, yep. trust in me. Well, then his hands got tired. You know, they're fighting down there. It's a battle going on. Oh, yeah. It's one of the greatest stories. And so, so Aaron, his brother, comes along and a man named Her, which I always thought if your name is Her, you got to be secure in your masculinity. He was H U R. But anyway, so they're holding up, they're holding up the arms of Moses. So that every time they'd look up there at the deal, because that's where their strength would go. You know, Moses' hands start going down. Everybody would oh, no. And the other uh-huh. side was, sir. You know, it's just imagine what that was like. I mean, you know it was a brutal, barbaric scene, but you can't help but just think. Uh, ah. yeah. <laughs> we're losing, we're losing. We're so, winning. But look, uh, there's his, what God does with everything. There was a purpose in that. One day he would have this speech where he would tell him, you got to be strong and courageous. But, you know, look at Joshua's life as he comes along. Joshua was also there when Moses would go out, and the, the Bible said the glory of God would descend on Moses' tent. And when Moses would walk out, he was glowing. Mm-hmm. I mean, like literally whatever was happening there, he was glowing. Well, Joshua was present. He was in there writing I stuff like down. I like that kind of stuff. I mean, that's you know that's I mean? incredible. So you're saying this man's being prepared. Then he was also one of the 12 spies that was sent in to say, what does this land look like? He and Caleb come back and they think, oh, this is awesome. I mean, you wait till God gives us that. They're fired up, ready to go. The other 10 are like, oh, we look like ants. You know, they were so big and scary. We can never do this, which was the heart of most of the people, which is why they had to wander around 40 years. So Joshua is showing all along sort of his bona fides that he's going to be the guy. Well, And the point from Exodus 17, you know, they they were wandering in the wilderness, they got thirsty, which look, I'm when I when I read something like that because I'm panicky about not having something to drink. You know, I got water 
<laughs> around at all times. I have an ice chest in the back of my truck. It's full of water at all times. Because I don't, you know, I just don't want to. Why do y'all think that's funny? Because well, you, you you're gotta, the quirkiest person I ever met. It's like, yeah, who yeah. worries in a place where there's plentiful water that you're going to run out? Hydration. Hydration. <laughs> I drink a lot of water. I'm just saying I don't like nervous about it. Like, I get, like, my wife knows that. Like, we're in it. Because I don't like going through the airport because you got to give up all your liquids. <laughs> He's quirky, just, quirky, quirky, yeah, quirky. Six I have that whole bottle minutes, of water, so have and water. I'm like holding it to the. <laughs> and Missy's like, I mean, you're not gonna die. They got a water uh, machine on. You're the not gonna side. dehydrate. I'm like, I just don't like giving up my water. I you better not ever live in the desert. You would be a panic. Couldn't live there. So, but my point is, they're out there thirsty, and then the whole question is, is God with us? Because if you just think about, it, you're out there wandering around in the desert. You're like, well. It doesn't look like God is with us. And so that uh, the scene of that war where Joshua is introduced, you know, that was the same time where Moses went over and hit the rock and the water came out of it. Yep. Well, later on in the New Testament, you know, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10, he was warning us from Israel's history about, because churches have a wandering in the wilderness, yep. which, mm-hmm. which is really awesome when you think, what's wrong with our church? You know, sometimes... We just have to have that wilderness to realize we're dependent on God, but God is with us. I mean, that, and that was Paul's idea. It wasn't mine. But he said that that rock that accompanied you was Christ. You know, Paul said that in 1 Corinthians 10, which goes back to that, that central theme, is God with us? Could you just think about what that does to you personally? You know, and so then, you know, Moses raising his hands. Well, what, what message did that send? Same one. Yeah. Oh, God is with us. Well, that's what inspires you. You think about any situation you have, any sinful temptation. If you ask that question, is God with me? There's your answer. That's why you eventually in first Corinthians 10 at the end, he says, no temptation uh, has seized you except what is common to man for when you're tempted, the Lord always provides a way out. Yep. And it, but, but, you get lost in all these cool stories of the central theme, which is, is God real and is he with us? The, yep. Those those are the points. That That's was it. the whole point of that whole section, <clears throat> that whole, you know, uh, calling Joshua out. So then when he gets to, to Joshua 1, which I found that, by the way, he says, uh, as I was with Moses, this is Joshua 1, 5. Well, it says, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. What a statement from God. I mean, okay. No one will be able to stand up against you. Mm. Because as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Then he says, be strong and courageous. Then the next verse, he says, be strong and very courageous. (laughs) And then he gets to the end because Joshua basically tells the people what God that had just said. And they answered Joshua. They said, whatever you have commanded, we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. And then in verse 18, it said, and whoever rebels against your word and does not obey, whatever may command them will be put, whatever you you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. But I thought that was good, which is our attitude when God says, I'll be with you. You know, we're like, whatever he wants us to do, we're going to do. Wherever he wants us to go, we're going to go. And whoever opposes us, oh, he's going to handle that. That's right. Well, and look, <clears throat> when God repeats himself about half a dozen times, that's when we are to log into the banks. And yeah. as leaders, you have to know that. Why would you need to be strong and courageous? Because leading people is difficult. That's because right. there's so many distractions that come in. And we'd already seen that in the story. And, of course, Joshua's going to see it. And by the time we get to Judges, Man, the whole thing turns upside down. Well, Joshua was in one. I mean, you read the book of Joshua. I mean, it's one war after another. Oh, yeah. And he's continually winning, which is awesome. But it's always. Winning. <laughs> it's always because of that precedent that started off. If God is with you. That's right. Who can be against us? Exactly. You know. So I don't want to rush in because <clears throat> there's a couple of awesome stories. They're at the beginning of this. So I think we'll save those for, for next time. But uh, exactly what it looks like when we let God fight a battle because that's the way this thing is going to start <clears throat> and that thing is really really interesting so um man we're we're so excited you guys are coming along with us on this journey uh of unashamed podcast uh with phil be sure and like us uh on facebook 
Um, sign up on iTunes, YouTube. That sounds uh, so self-absorbed. Be sure and like us. <laughs> I know it's, it's the like way, it's the way that it's the way the world works. And Dad knows all about it. The importance of having likes on. By Facebook. the way, God's challenge. Oh, wait a minute, the last kind of verse. Yeah, the the final carrying out what he said to Joshua way back there. He says to us, his people, marriage should be honored by all. This is Hebrews thirteen, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money. Be content with what you have, because God has said the same thing he told Joshua, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Pretty cool. Awesome. The Hebrew writer took that same concept all the way through, which was today's lesson. Yeah, think, Y'all don't forget that. <clears throat> I think the only place Joshua was mentioned in the New Testament, don't quote me on that, is Hebrews 4, 8, where he talked about if Joshua, Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later, you know, about another day. But he was talking about entering, leading the people mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Uh, the promised land, which is what he eventually did and then how that relates to us because then it goes on to say you know that's the same place where it says nothing in all creation is hidden from god's sight right i mean god knows our heart even though it might be a wilderness journey or it might be a spiritual war you know or even a physical war you know i mean god's the one that that institutionalized these government agencies and i you know i think he's in control and there's nothing wrong with fighting evil physically or spiritually that's correct we're you know the the bottom line was and the bottom line is for us you know joshua led those people to the rest but the big rest for us is living with god forever well let's face it joshua had arguably arguably the best line in the bible in joshua 24 i think it's 13 as for me and my household we will serve the lord which is how he ends it love it which is an awesome verse so next time we'll pick up battle of jericho and then uh and pop in to see some of the judges as well uh so check us out on unashamed We are so glad you're watching and listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Be sure to like us on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. That's going to keep you up to date with all the new episodes, and it's also going to let other people find out about our podcast. So keep spreading the word and watching and listening to Unashamed with Phil Robertson.